All right, guys, welcome back to Surviving Hollywood. I'm Johnny Ray Diaz. I am Aaron Arnold. I am Austin Arnold. And uh, we just sat down with uh, producer extraordinaire uh, Rick Bosner. Um, he's uh, made some of some iconic films like uh, Fruitvale Station. Um, and he actually has a new movie coming out December 4th called Black Bear with Aubrey Plaza. And uh, man, he's also made some really cool indies and he's got a lot of big projects coming up with some big names. Um, and it was really cool talking to him because he's super down to earth, uh, talking about Fruitvale, how that sort of started from its inception. And um, I don't know, what did you guys like? Well, Aaron gave him the nickname jokingly during the pod. Hey, they must call you Mr. Sundance. But I think that definitely applies. He's taken multiple films to Sundance multiple times from a filmmaker's point of view and also from an actor's point of view. We ask him um, his experience, what he learned, and also how involved are producers in casting those films and finding what works. So that was my biggest sort of takeaway from this episode. Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, um, it was really cool talking to this guy. Guy brings a, a great energy. Um, I, you can just tell with all these guys who are doing big things that they have like this, uh, you know, this energy that bringing people in, you want to be a part of what they're doing. Um, and I really liked how candid he was um, with us, uh, you know, just talking about basically taking Fruitville Station from, you know, practically nothing to making it this big thing, setting a trend for civil rights and, you know, the movies being made today and just talking about how that, you know, put his career on a trajectory and what he's doing now. And, and one thing we should say, guys, how great was the audio for the, at the beginning of this episode? Yeah, I was going to say, FYI, there was a little bit of uh, some technical difficulties at some point. So if you can't hear it that well, we apologize, but it is well, what it is. Well, he starts off on Zoom like normal, but then eventually we're going to transition to where he's muting himself on Zoom and it's just him on the on a cell phone. So we'll, we'll cut around it. Who knows what you guys will see, but just so you're aware, uh, there might be some cuts and, you know, uh, the audio hopefully is, you know, you'll be able to listen, listen, if you're a filmmaker and you care about your job, you care about your career, you're going to listen anyway, because this guy's dropping knowledge bombs. Boom. There you go. Enjoy, guys. You're trying to survive in Hollywood during the holidays, then you better stay at home. Pull up your PC, iPad, Android, Apple phone. Merry, merry podcast. Merry, merry podcast. Well, thanks for uh, definitely. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you uh, obviously getting back to me. Uh, that's, yeah. that's amazing. And, um, you know, uh, there's obviously a lot of things we could talk to you about. Um, you've worked on a number of projects and things like that. Um, I was actually more curious on my end, um, sort of how you kind of got started. Um, yeah. And I also, I also saw that you, you were born in Colombia. I was. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, my my yeah. father's from Bogota as well. Oh, okay. All right. So Very cool. When yeah. did you when did you come here or how did that? So I'm adopted. Uh, okay. My parents are Irish. Uh, I was uh, two, uh, four months old. Yeah. So four months old when I came over, uh, grew up in upstate New York uh, and my parents were in the theater. So I spent most of my childhood involved in, you know, whether it was behind the scenes, they were both directors, actors, being involved in community theater, being involved in film and TV, doing a lot of like child acting and stuff myself. So uh, that's really how I got the, the itch to be involved with it. I mean, I just, I really enjoyed, honestly, mostly just the community. 
think we just lost audio. Yeah. We stopped hearing the audio. Rick, you still there? Very weird. We just lost your audio. Oh, did I lose you guys? Yep. I think you're back. Yeah, you're in again. Oh, well, I don't know. Where did I, where, where did I lose you at? I heard you about <laughs> community. Yeah, it was a, com- a community. Did. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just saying, you know, that yeah, I, being involved in community theater and stuff and being involved in film and TV at a young age, I just, I, I really loved being involved with all the people and, you know, everybody looking or, you know, working towards a singular vision of whether it's film or play or whatever it was. Uh, and that's what really kind of propelled me into, you know, the career that I have. It's it's what I've always wanted to do since I was a, a young kid. So, and luckily my parents were super supportive of that. So, yeah. What kind of stuff were they directing? Were they? Uh, well, they were directing like community theater stuff. My, theater stuff. Okay. my father, uh, my father was in plays with like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. Um, my great grandparents, even before that had done stuff on Broadway with the Barrymores. So it was like a very, you know, that, that was something that was just a part of our family was being involved in theater and, and film and stuff like that. So what plays or musicals are your favorite? Cause I'm a big musical guy too. Play? All right. Well, I'm not a big musical guy, but I do really love uh, straight plays. So I, I mean, my favorite play is probably Noises Off. Dude, I was going to uh, say that. Dude, that's, <laughs> that's one of mine. <laughs> that is my favorite play. The movie is great too, but I really love that play. It's such I mean, a good one. It's a great one. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and you know, my, the play my father was in with Philip Seymour Hoffman, he played his father in it was uh, A Breeze to the Gulf which is, uh, I think it's Neil Simon. So, mm. uh, and, uh, you know, my parents did a lot of those kinds of plays and also melodramas and, yeah, yeah, you know, thrillers, things like that. So I just, yeah. I always love that stuff. Yeah. That's, a, that's, an, that's amazing to have that influence. I'm, I'm assuming they're obviously super supportive of whatever you wanted to do. Yeah. How did you yeah. sort of kind of get into more of the producing world then and not stick to maybe performing? Well, you know, as a kid, I was, I ended up, you know, I started in doing community theater, but then I started doing like local commercials, you know, stuff for PBS, all that kind of stuff. And I started seeing, oh, what was involved with, you know, behind the scenes, you know, making stuff. And I, you know, between takes and stuff, I was over with the camera guys asking them what they were doing, being that annoying kid, just talking to everybody. So that was where I was like, oh, this is amazing. This is really cool. So um, that's where I kind of, I started and uh, I ended up, you know, working in high school, like taking college courses in film and TV, because that was the only thing I cared about. I didn't really care about school. I just wanted <laughs> to do do what I wanted to do. Uh, and that's what ultimately brought me out to, to California was to pursue a career and, and to go to school. Now, for those who don't know what a, uh, you know, producer does, what is it that you do as a producer that excites you so much that, that you bring a film together? I lost. And there's, oh, sorry. You keep losing me. Yeah, I think we're, you're back. I think you're, we're, back. you're good now. Okay. Technology. No, I think we lost you. Hmm. Do, do you, you want to try maybe, an yeah, Ethernet? Right. Or maybe do you want to try without the headset? Maybe that's all right, let me try it. You think it's the headset? I don't know. Maybe it's it could be the Is it is this better? We can hear you better, I think. Okay. I mean we can hear you at the moment, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Is this good? I can't see you guys, but you can uh, hear me. You can't. We can hear you though. Okay. Yeah. All right. We can. We, we don't want to miss a word. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Where were we? What was the question? Hey. We? Well, you said that. Um, you know, ever since you were small working in theater and plays that, you know, you knew just the camaraderie and working together, you wanted to be a part of that. And then you became a producer. What is it that a producer does? What is it that excites you about being a producer? Right. Well, you know, there are so many different types of producers. There are, you know, producers that bring financing, producers that develop for producers that work within the confines of the money to make the production happen. Um, for me, it's, again, it's, it's bringing together the people for the specific movie to, you know, again, see that singular vision and, and make sure that you're, everyone's moving towards the right direction. It, you know, if, if everybody's kind of really centered on what they're doing and not collaborating with others, I mean, filmmaking is a collaborative medium. You have to be collaborative to make it work. Uh, and I love meeting new people and seeing, you know, their insight and their take on, on, you know, the creative process and what's on the page. I mean, that's my favorite part. And at the end of the day, you have this tangible thing, which, you know, which is different in theater. And, and that was the hard part of theater is, you know, when theater is done, it's done. You know, you can never see it again. It's not still there. But with film, it's there. When we're all gone, it'll still be there whether it's good or bad or whatever it is, it'll be there to document that time. And I, I just, I've always liked, that's always been something that's appealed to me about it. It's like, it exists. It'll always be there. Yeah. So somebody, somebody can always see it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were uh, kind of started producing and stuff, um, I mean, you could tell me if I'm wrong, but I would say probably the, the one that sort of maybe set things off was Fruitvale station. Right. Yeah. Kind of leading up to that were, you know, how did you sort of get to that point as a, as a starting producer, you know, working on films, like smaller films, things like that? How did you sort of get to that level? Well, I would say it was really, it was all about relationships. You know, this, this whole business is about who you know, and who I think you make good relationships. Uh, we lost it. We lost oh. it. Oh, no. We lost audio again. Sorry, Rick. Rick, I think Rick's on that hotel Wi-Fi. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's just the audio keeps like cutting out for random periods of time. So yeah. Oh gosh. All right. You're so, back. All right. Where do you want me? To, <laughs> you want me to start with? Relationships. <laughs> okay. Um, no, no. How did you get that? How did you first get your first jobs? Yeah. Oh, oh, jobs. yeah, definitely. Well, I was in the Bay Area, and you know, I just started out, you know, working in whatever I could find after. I was done with school, you know, uh, I remember when I got done with school, my dad handed me a check for a thousand dollars and said, good luck. And I was like, what? And he said, you have a degree, go get a job. <laughs> like you're done. I was like, oh my God. So I was freaking out and I was like bartending and I was like, I better figure something out. So I hunted Craigslist and I was like looking for anything I could find. I started working in corporate videos and, you know, just anything like small local commercials. And I slowly built my way up and I started, you know, PAing and coordinating and UPMing and stuff like that. And just building a whole network of people in San Francisco at the time is where I was. Uh, and, 
you know, learning from other people's mistakes and being available to do, I mean, this is what I wanted to do always. So like always being the person that they could go to and have the answers. Um, so, you know, over time I started getting the ability to produce smaller films before Fruitvale. And I would take things that maybe other people had passed on. Cause I was like, well, I can, I can make this happen. You know, it's a small budget. It's a really tiny, but I have the network of people and the relationships to, you know, make one of these movies. And, uh, and basically that is how I got Fruitvale too, because Fruitvale was only a budget of $900,000. So there were other people that they were looking to, you know, see if they could make the movie. And a whole bunch of people said, I don't, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. And I took one look at the script and knew how much money there was. And I was like, Oh yeah, I can totally do this. And I did it all based on, again, relationships. Cause in a movie like that, nobody's making any money. You know, you're doing it for the passion of the project and right. just knowing what Ryan had made, the script was beautiful. Uh, and the people that wanted to come out and support it, I was able to just lost you. Wait, the people that came out to support it. People that came out to support. Ah, damn it. <laughs> I think, you know, uh, Rick is the producer. On a set, how would he produce this? <laughs> oh, you're back. There I'm back. Goes. All right. Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> okay. oh, I... Rick, how would you produce this if you were having technical problems? How on a would I produce this? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Guys, let's just come back another day. It's not working out, you know. We got a budget. <laughs> we only have so much time, guys. Let's move it. I know. Is well, I could call in if there's a play. I mean, can I just call it? If I called it not on this, would it work? If I called it over the, uh, I mean, phone? yeah, uh, I probably have a number. We'll yeah. just uh, we'll just okay. cut to this part. Okay. Um, anyway, we're talking about Fruitville Station. That movie ahead of its time. Uh, now, I mean, that message, what is the message? Uh, just telling those kind of stories, everybody's all about it. But back when you made that movie, nobody was telling those kind of stories. Do you ever think about that cultural impact that you helped push forward? Well, definitely now. I mean, it, it is really the beginning of a Black Lives Matter movement, you know, to really shed light on what is happening in current day. And it, this isn't a civil rights movie or anything like that. This was an incident that happened in 2009. And really, like I, I was saying earlier, it was pretty quick that we started putting it on the screen. I mean, the incident happened in 2009 and we started filming in 2011. Wow. So, you know, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, at the time, it's, it's, I knew when I got that call, I knew at the mo- that moment it, I had to do this movie. I, you know, it was going to be really great. And the script was amazing. And Ryan just had a really singular, amazing vision for what he wanted to do. Um, so I, I, I'm very fortunate. I got to be a part of it. Was that, was the film initially written with Michael B. Jordan in mind for the character? Um, you know, from what I remember, Ryan wrote the script first and then, the first people that were attached were Michael B and Melanie Diaz. Um, they were attached for quite a while before it ended up uh, going to uh, Force Whitaker and Significant and Nini Gang and everybody getting involved. Um, but, you know, it was really to shed light on the incident that had happened. You know, Ryan is from Oakland, 
So he was very close to the material, very close to the taste, and followed it the entire time. Uh, so that's how it really came together pretty quick. And what type of problems are you solving, like day-to-day on set, if you can remember, as producer? Well, day-to-day on set, you know, there were, there were tons of things that we were on a super limited budget. We had things, uh, you know, every department was way understaffed for what we were trying to do. Fortunately, I had, you know, just amazing friends and people that came out and helped. I mean, the unions were super supportive with what we were doing, giving us a lot of leniency. Um, at the same time, we were filming Fruitvale Station. Woody Allen was filming uh, Blue Jasmine in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And all of my friends were working on Blue Jasmine and <laughs> making good money. So they would come over when they were done rapping in the art department there and come help us, which, you know, wow. so cool. they came and did that. And, you know, it was, uh, it was, this, it was, this, that's the only way movies like this come together. And that, again, it felt like community theater because we all knew each other. We all already worked on tons of movies and projects together here in the Bay area. It's not like Los Angeles, you know, it's, it's a much smaller tight knit community. So everyone came out to support each other and it was, it was really amazing. Yeah. When you, when you talk about like a limited budget, when you came on to work on the film, did they already have a budget or was part of your job to also help find some funding? Um, well, uh, we were partially financed at the time we started filming. We didn't have all the financing. We were pulling it together. Um, but it was to figure out, you know, what, we could make it for how much we needed to get it done. So we were kind of, we were in the throes of doing the same. It was like, you know, how much to make this movie, how much do we still need to raise? I mean, we were filming and we still didn't have all the money together. So it was, it was stressful, but you know, I had a, you know, a great partner with uh, Nina Yang, who's obviously very prolific and has done a lot, a lot of other amazing uh, uh, movies. uh, And, she really helped pull everything together too. It was, uh, it was great. Yeah. And once you, once that movie wraps, are you done off the project or as a producer, are you still involved? Well, for that movie, um, I brought that movie into post and then they ended up finishing it up. Uh, Nina and, uh, uh, and Ryan and everything. I had introduced them to my friends over at Skywalker sound, um, who ended up, you know, doing the movie and everything. Uh, and then it was really at Sundance where, you know, we all saw the final product and it was like, wow, this really, it, it, there, there's never been anything like that experience of, of seeing the audience really feel the emotional impact of, of what we had created. So uh, just, you know, the stars aligned for that one. They really did. It does not always happen with movies. It is, this, it's a, it's a blessing to be a part of that. So how did how did things uh i mean obviously sundance is a huge festival how did things change for you specifically after that film premiered there or it actually won right it was was a uh, jury prize yeah it won both prizes it yeah. won the grand jury prize and the audience award so yeah my life changed in a in a really big way career wise um you know i got a, a lot of phone calls a lot of things a lot of uh uh you know requests to be involved with different movies um, and I, you know, I got to work with some amazing people after that. I mean, I think right after that one, I ended up doing a, a movie with Martin Scorsese and Dean Devlin, where they asked me to produce, uh, 
a movie called The Wannabe, which was really great. I mean, to do a mob movie under the banner of Scorsese doesn't get much better than that. So, yeah. I mean, then that was really, that was incredible. So, um, uh, and from there, you know, just kind of really looking for projects. I mean, I really look for projects that are kind of going to try to push things forward in some way after Fruitvale that really kind of have something to say that, or have like a really, um, you know, insightful director with a really great message and a really great story. Uh, you know, cause when you decide to make a movie as a producer or a director or whatever, people don't understand you live with this movie for forever. It's like your child, you know? So people will call you up in five years and say, Oh, we got to do the residuals for so-and-so or, you know, what was that music cue we used for that time? Because I need to use it. I mean, you live with it for literally the rest of your life. Uh, so it's also when you decide to do a project, like are these people I want to be connected to till the end? So it, it, it's really true, but yeah. <laughs> I would love to get more insight on Sundance just because so much of our audience and us ourselves like we're actors, but in our spare time, we write and produce our own short films to, you know, to get into these festivals, maybe not so much with the audience award, but generally speaking to win an award at Sundance, in your opinion, how much do you think is politics involved and not in a bad way? I just mean, just like being there, showing up, talking, meeting people in your opinion. Oh, it's a ton of it. I mean, so Sundance at, you know, going to Sundance for a fruit bill, that was not my first, you know, experience at Sundance. I had been to Sundance maybe, I don't know, five times prior to that. I mean, the first time I went to college, it was, you know, five or six of us in a hotel room, like cranked together, hitchhiking to and from, and just being like, you know, open to the possibilities of everything. And I think, especially in filmmaking, you have to be willing to kind of maybe, if you're not a people person, go outside your comfort zone and approach people, meet people, be authentic, not be trying to get stuff from people, but, you know, try to, you know, nurture relationships and, and make contact because that's how everything is done. And especially Sundance, you know, a, a big part of Sundance is relationships, you know, and then if you end up being a filmmaker that down the road has something to say or whatnot, then you can tell people that you met five or six years oh I got this great movie and I really can't wait for you to check it out it's about this and they know who you are I mean that kind of goes for anything especially like if you're trying to get grants or you're trying to get you know all the little things that Sundance or San Francisco Film Society or whatever has like don't just go with their hand out and say I'm awesome I have this great movie like you know people have to invest in you before they invest in your project so I think that's something you know, that people don't always realize from the start. How important is having a star name to get into these big festivals, do you think? Oh, it's not, it's not about that. It's, it's really not. It's, do you have something unique to say? Something unique that nobody's seen? I mean, look at, I mean, Tangerine was an amazing movie at Sundance that was made for $100,000 on an iPhone. And that does not have any stars in it. But it is like, it's, rem it's a memorable movie. It's a great, there have been plenty of stuff. I mean, the Duplass brothers and, you know, you don't need that kind of a thing right now. You know, it's an exciting time, but like w with filmmaking, but like filmmaking has changed in a way 
that now people are really looking at who is the filmmaker, like, you know, behind the movie, who is that person? And are, is there something about you as a person that really makes the story you're telling unique? And that's what people want to invest in more than like anything else. It really is. So um, it's really a, it's more of an all encompassing thing than just making this really cool film with a celebrity in it. So. And I know you've also, you've also uh, directed your own film as well. Is uh, writing and directing something more that you hope to do more in the future? Or is that just something you were kind of trying? Like, Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really always been the way I, I wanted to go is doing writing and directing. And I guess, you know, I made my first movie, Falling Uphill, right when I had just finished it and was about to start doing festivals when I got the call for Fruitvale Station. Mm. And when I got that phone call, I knew I had to make a decision am I going to invest my time in this movie I just made and go try to do all that or put it into Fruitvale? And it was just too obvious. Like Fruitvale is what I need to invest my time, energy and thoughts into. And it, it is, and it was definitely, definitely worth it. Um, and since then, again, even with Ryan or other filmmakers, you know, people have come to me to kind of help, you know, I'm also, I'm a director in the DGA and I end up, doing you know whether it's kind of coach directing people on how you know a lot of these people are first-time directors that end up doing these projects um and uh you know it's a skill set it definitely is um and it's something that i i am going to be doing more of in the future but you know uh i i also really do enjoy producing too so it's you know the best of both worlds what does it typically take for a producer to join the pga um, well, there are different qualifications for uh, for it, but basically, you know, if you're a feature film director, you have to have, I think, right now with like two movies that have had distribution, uh, and I, I honestly, I can't remember. I think that's what it is. I'm in the producer's guild, too, um, but I think that's what the current thing is, is that you have uh, two or three films that have been in the in wide distribution. So. D- distribution mine's on youtube i'm in <laughs> there you go <laughs> no it's it, it, yeah with the distributor that it's in like right. the theaters and, and done the whole thing so i put yeah, it on instagram yeah. though oh. yeah. uh, <laughs> hey you ever think about working with uh this other uh san francisco filmmaker tommy wiseau have you ever connected with him <laughs> yeah you know the room the room too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, he's a good guy, but uh, we want to move on. I thought, I don't know. It's just in the room that it features San Francisco, right? It does. It does. I don't, I don't think he's a Bay Area guy, but maybe he could be. I I, be, I do know he filmed <laughs> that here or part of his set here or something. So, yeah. I, yeah. I wanted to find out about uh, one of his recent movies, Black Bear, but did you guys have any more on Sundance or anything? Um, that was mostly what I was curious about. The, the one other question I had is, uh, you know, working with Ryan Coogler, um, obviously now he's, you know, doing Black Panther and things like that, um, massively blown up. Um, what was it like working with him? And are you still working with him in, on future projects? But you worked with him on Fruitville? Yeah, because he directed. And then Michael yeah. B. Jordan Ryan, was a Panther. Ryan. Right, and Michael B. was in Black Panther also. Yeah, he brought, and so was uh, was Forrest, who I, Forrest Whitaker, who I ended up producing uh, Fruitville with too. Um, but Ryan, yeah, Ryan is great. Ryan, Ryan was an amazing, uh, 
director to work with. Again, he was young. He was right out of uh, USC. And I remember on the first day, you know, he had done some amazing short films, if you've ever seen them. One of them is called Fig. Um, and he'd done that with all of his friends and everything. The first day of Fruitvale, I remember driving with them and, and going on the set and him going, Rick. And I was like, what? He goes, this is like a real movie. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you know? Because it was. It was, you know, these were all people that had been in the business for a really long time. But Ryan, you know, he just took to it so perfectly. And he's just, he's such a personable, I mean, awesome guy. I mean, success couldn't have come to a better person. He really deserves everything that he's gotten. So, um, you know, I wish him the best with everything. And he's just taken off. So it's, it's incredible. It's great. Yeah. How about any, even before we get to your most recent movie, any tidbits of insights you picked up from Marty Scorsese on Wannabe? Well, I, you know, Marty came on to that and, you know, he gave a lot of great notes about, you know, filmmaking and everything and just, you know, to be around that and to somebody who's so prolific and, and also Dean Devlin, who, you know, people may know from like Independence Day and stuff like that. Just incredible filmmakers, you know, very big powerhouses of Hollywood. Um, you know, again, it doesn't really change. I mean, making a movie is just, it's a collaborative thing. And these people are both really, really collaborative and giving great notes and taking notes from the filmmaker and just seeing that, you know, there's a way to work with your collaborators to make a really great film. Um, so that was amazing. And, uh, you know, there have been great people along the way. Of, I mean, working with, uh, you know, Chris Kelly on other people who was one of the head writers for a long time on Saturday Night Live and seeing yes. uh, that's another movie that went to Sundance, seeing the, his whole vision, uh, you know, come to life. I mean, incredible cast with Molly Shannon, Zach Woods, and uh, Bradley Whitford. I mean, that was another one that was just, when I read that script, I was like, oh my God, I have to do this. I'm laughing out loud at every three <laughs> pages. Like, I gotta do this movie. So, uh, and, uh, it was. It, it, that was an amazing experience too. So and sounds like a what, lot of fun people to work with. But what, was was oh. Sarah Sarah Schneider on that movie too? The other SNL writer. All right. Uh, no, she wasn't. This is this was Chris Kelly's uh, autobiographical film about uh, his mother uh, okay. passing away from cancer. So this I this was she wasn't on. Yeah. So uh, I saw that. They call you Mr. Sundance now, right? Because your newest movie, Black Bear, is in Sundance, or one already, right? It's <laughs> Sundance. It's Sundance. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. No, it, it was great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was, uh, you know, I guess we're fortunate that Sundance happened before the pandemic because we, we did. It was a really great experience in January going there with the whole team and, uh, you know, supporting the project and whatnot. And uh, it was really received great. And I mean, making the movie was a total trip. So it was worth it, you know? So, uh, so tell uh, us about this movie because I've seen the trailer and I'm, I don't know if I fully know what it's about. That's and what I liked about the trailer. It, it, yeah, it looks like a thriller, like a mind bender sort of thing. Um, but uh, maybe talks for audience so they know what this movie is about. If you can. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to really say what the movie is about without totally giving it away, but it's definitely like a dramatic thriller. Um, it's very... Um, I don't know what the right word it's, you know, uh, uh, John Cassavetes, John Cassavetes, uh, the, um, 
uh, what's the Gina Rowland's movie? Uh, why is it escaping my mind right now? Can't think of it. Uh, Can't think of it either. Audience, let us know in uh, the comments. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's escaping my mind. Sorry, um, but uh, it's it's you know it's a really amazing dramatic piece, especially for uh, Aubrey Plaza. I mean, she's really incredible in it. Um, and we filmed that in, gosh, was it not last summer? Is it? Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> but it was. Uh, <laughs> it, we filmed it in the Adirondacks, uh, in a very very remote remote place in the Adirondacks, like three hours away from civilization. So in Long Lake, New York, uh, and it was amazing. I mean, again, I brought out a lot of people that from the, I brought out people from the Bay Area. I brought up people from Los Angeles to work on that. People from New York, you know, from the movies I've done out there. So uh, it was a real communal, very again like. <laughs> uh, theatrical community theater experience so i really want to see the movie black bear not out yet but how did you know that 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 movie was going to be special enough to get recognized at sundance because horror thriller movies dime a dozen very bankable very good but to get selected for sundance and get that recognition i feel like oh how did how did you know well, you know, I was first approached to be a part of it by uh, Larry Levine, the director, and he, him and his wife, uh, Sophia Tikal, um, I've known them for a while, and they, they make some really great indie movies, if you guys haven't seen them. They're both directors in their own right. Uh, Sophia, at the time, was shooting the Black Christmas movie for Blumhouse, um, and, uh, you know, I, I've always dug their work. It's really good um, and very independent-spirited. Um and when I read the script, I was just like, oh, man, this is, this is different. This is, I mean, it's just, it doesn't follow a straight narrative that we're all used to. That's what Sundance wants. They want really interesting things, things that people haven't seen before. Uh, and, you know, Aubrey Plaza being involved, is, you know, uh, Aubrey and Larry had been in a show prior. That's how they knew each other. Uh, uh, it's called Easy. Uh, they're, I think they play husband and wife on an episode of the show Easy on Netflix. Um, and that's how they met. And Larry, mm. you know, started writing this and uh, with her in mind. And, uh, you know, it, it, I just kind of was like, well, we're going to make this happen. And getting everybody involved was really easy because this is one. This is going to this will be an indie hit, whether it's Sundance or not. You know, it's just, it was a great, a great script. So. And I saw it was supposed to come out December 4th. Is that, where will it be available for people to watch? Uh, you'll be able to first purchase it on, uh, you know, iTunes or uh, Amazon, any of that before it goes to one of the streaming platforms, but you'll be able to, to watch it there on the 4th. So, nice. yeah. And maybe this is a dumb question, but I only ask because at least half our audience are actors but do you have any mm -hmm. uh, say in the casting process or is that just all the director? Oh yeah, no, the producers definitely have a say in, in the casting process and you know, who's gonna, I mean, we work with the casting director to see, you know, who the right fit is. I mean, the chemistry, chemistry reads, all kinds of things, getting tapes, you know, all the way down to people that are day players. I mean, we're looking at that the whole time, you know, um, again, uh, with the right teams, you know, it's again, a, a communal effort to, you know, make the vision, so. Besides you know. general 
you know, good acting, but can you share any insights into maybe some like pet peeves or something you really like when you see a audition or a self tape from an actor? Um, there's nothing. I mean, it's, it's really just what is your take on the character? And if, you know, if you do something that's a little bit different than everyone else is doing it, take a, you know, a different take on it. It may not even be the way that the director ends up directing you. It'll make you stand out. You know, so I would say, you know, if you read something and it just seems like, oh, this person is yelling this or whatnot, or they're really angry, maybe try doing it different because everyone's like, take what's obvious and make it something different. You know, I mean, that might make you stand out slightly more. I mean, you, I don't know. <laughs> but that's what I've noticed in my experience. That's what Next I time there's a yelling scene, I'm going to say, hey, Rick told me to do this, <laughs> not to yell. <laughs> And they're like, it's an argument. I'm like, well, Rick said. They're like, have you, have you ever been to Sundance? That's what they like. <laughs> yeah. And I know you have a lot of, uh, at least according to IMDb, IMDb, you have several other projects in development. I don't know if you can talk about any of those. Um, are you currently producing on those projects right now? And what's the hope now? Because there's not really film festivals. I don't know if that's, it's a weird time. So. It is. It's it's a weird time, but, you know, I like to try to look at things like the last half full, you know, and, you know, maybe this will give people that wouldn't normally have a chance an opportunity to shine, uh, you know, having them festivals be limited and everything like that. I mean, I don't know how excited I am personally about, like, online film festivals, but maybe it'll give people an opportunity to really, you know, fine-tune the films they already have or look at what they're going to create because everything is everything is changing in the wild west out there and that can be that can be good um but you know at this point the next movie that i have coming out is a blumhouse movie that i produced with uh jason blum called the manor uh and it's uh directed by axel carolyn and starring barbara hershey and it's a movie uh about Oh, I guess, I don't know how do I say, basically witches and uh, witchcraft in an old folks' home. Uh, mm. And that's coming out in uh, to, uh, next year, early next year, uh, as part of the Welcome to the Blumhouse series. So we did, we filmed that last October, um, and uh, and that'll be coming out. It's a really great, it's a really great film, and, you know, Axel just got done uh, directing an episode of uh, the uh, Blythe Manor, the Netflix series. So um, uh, she's a really talented director. So that was a great, a great film to be a part of also. Yeah. The films you produce with Blue Creek, your company, how important mm -hmm. is representation for Latinx or just any representation to you with the movies you pick? Cause I know you've won some awards promoting that. Yeah. It's, it's important to me. You know, I think, Again, you know, we're in such a interesting time. I guess it's always been this way, but it just seems more in the forefront of of everything with media is how intertwined politics and Hollywood are and diversity and representation and all these things. And it, it is a good thing. I mean, there's so many people now that are having a voice that never had a voice, whether it's, you know, being a person of color, being LGBT or any of these things and, and to have those stories told in unique and interesting ways. I mean, that's what really excites me. Um, 
and more of that needs to be seen so that, you know, society can't really change unless they see what it can be. And that's what, that's kind of the next thing that I'm excited to see. I mean, right now you see a lot of, um, you know, kind of what we should be doing and taking a stand, but I'm excited to see the films that are what's around the corner after that. Like what comes after that, you know, with all these kinds of movies. Um, so I, and I really, you know, I do, I like working with all types of people and I've worked with a lot of, uh, also female directors too, who have had, you know, never had the opportunity to do stuff before. And, uh, Andy Timoner, who's a very, uh, prolific documentarian doing, uh, the Maplethorpe movie. That was an amazing experience. Also, it's, uh, it's really important for me to, yeah. I mean, again, you're working with these people for forever. You're attached to everyone in these projects, so it's got to be something more than just uh, fluff, you know, to to carry it year after year. I love it. Yeah. I guess as we're uh, wrapping up or with our final questions, uh, I was just wondering because you know you've done so much and you're still doing so much. What do you think worked for you? What advice do you have for younger people who who are coming up like you once did? I w- I would just say don't don't feel like you have to do everything the way you're told. Like you know, for me in high school, I was always panicked because I was not a straight A student. You know, I was trying to find the work. Or how do I work around like this so I can go make movies. I was always trying to do that. And I would panic every day of my life, my senior and junior year, like, I'm never going to get into a USC. I'm never going to get into a Tisch School of the Arts. I don't have to do that. I have to figure out some other way to do that. And uh, and I did, you know, again. And that came with, well, you know, relationships and, and you know, building that with other people. Um, you know, one of the or something that happened to me when I was making my senior thesis in college. I was here in San Francisco uh, on Treasure Island, and I got my friends together. We're filming this scene, and this guy comes up to me and goes, oh, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just filming my senior film. And he's like, oh, cool. What's it about? And I told him and everything. And and I was like, hey, you, well, it's nice to meet you. I got to go, but I'm, we're about to film a scene. And, and I was like, oh, my name is Rick, by the way. And he goes, oh, I'm Chris Columbus. And I was like, what like you know Chris Columbus from Harry Potter and Home Alone and Goonies oh, and everything. Oh, nice. Groundhog Day. You know, so Groundhog. Right. It's so he was Gremlins. You know, Jeremy like McGuire. When, when you're done, if, if you want to come over to my set, we're filming the movie Rent. You can like come hang out. So I went that day, and all my keys came. The key crew members got me the keys on Rent. I got to hang out with Chris and, you know, he said to me too, you know, Rick, all these people that are working for me here, these are, these are people I went to college with, you know, NYU. These are all my friends. These are people Mm. I brought with me, you know, it's all about relationships. Yeah. And that that always stuck with me. Um, And, uh, and uh, it really a a good story. I thought so. Now you guys, (laughs) now you guys are best friends to this day. (laughs) <laughs> I think he is here in the Bay Area, so I, you know, I have to oh, that's cool. with him definitely. So he's, that's awesome. uh, yeah. My uh, my last question was, um, you know, coming from your perspective, that you know, we ourselves have also, you know, produced uh, short films and things like that. Um, 
I would say one of the biggest challenges for filmmakers sometimes is the funding, you know, especially when you're kind of getting things going, you've maybe made a couple of shorts, but you really want to step it up and you're like, well, it's self-funding basically, maybe a Kickstarter or something. What advice do you have for people that is, have that as their hurdle essentially? Well, I think you got to, when you decide that you want to do something like that, it really starts from the inception of the project with writing. Like, you got to write something that is feasible, especially when you're doing a short. If it's like, you know, you have $5,000 or 20000 whatever it is, kind of, you know, work it backwards a little bit. Like, well, what can I get for free? Mom can make all the food and, you know, I don't know, my brother can drive the packers from wherever they're coming or whatever it is. What do I actually have to spend money on? And you're in a much better position if you are not in one of these major cities. If you're not in LA, San Francisco, or New York, good. If you're out in the suburbs of, you know, somewhere in the world, you know, it's, that's great. You can get people excited about it. And again, if you can get people excited, people just come out to do it for uh, the passion of it. And it, part of it is if you don't have the money you gotta you have to make it again feel communal you have to bring people in you can't just make it like i'm this demanding director demanding these things no make people feel welcome make people feel involved make people feel like their creative influence matters to the film you know you'll get a lot more out of it you know the the movie at the end of the day so that's the secret. We, I guess we have to give water to people on set. Fine. Fine. Whatever, yeah. whatever keep, it takes. Keep that crew hydrated. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, there's a ditch. There's a ditch. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, guys, great conversation. Rick, where can our audience follow and find you? Uh, you can find me. My website is bluecreekpictures.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Rick Bosner, B-O-S-N-E-R. Um, yeah, I'm there, you know, you can see what I'm doing. There are things coming up, lots of cool projects to film in 2021, you know, and hopefully we'll be in a better place for everybody in the world this next coming year. So I love it. Rick, your energy is contagious, man. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story about Chris Columbus (laughs) and about the community and noises off. Um, it was awesome having you on, man. And December 4th. Yeah, nice to meet all of you. This Blackbird, December, December 4th. 4th. Blackbird, yeah. There definitely. we go. Watch it, rent it, buy it, whatever. Awesome. Thanks, Rick. Great. All right. Thanks, guys.